Yeah. <coughs> Hello and welcome to. Let's see, what will be a good name? We could just name it like the Hoodie Club or something like that. Hoodie Club? Yeah. Hello and welcome to the Hoodie Club, the podcast where we talk about movies, TV shows, music, and really just overanalyze entertainment for fun. Today we're talking about the movie Encanto and how the movie touches on generational trauma and dysfunctional family dynamics. I'm your host, Ria. And I'm not Parker. Yeah, guys, uh, right now Parker is really busy, so we have a special guest, Jenna. Jenna, Jenna to watch there. Hey, bro, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Uh, pretty good. Had sniffles. My voice is kind of hoarse. Sorry about that. It's gonna no problem. Gonna be a lot of vocal fry this episode. Um, oh. <laughs> so the podcast. While we do talk about movies and everything, we came up with the name The Hoodie Club just randomly. So Parker and I do this thing where we just talk about like very briefly the hoodies we're wearing that day. So what are you wearing? I'm currently wearing my brother's gray champion hoodie. It's very cool and makes me feel athletic and powerful. Yeah. My brother gets mad whenever I like take any of his clothes. Oh, I, I steal everyone's clothes. Like you can Same. ask me my family. Like, I'm at any given time. Like my dad's, least... my sister's, my mom's, my brother's, yeah. everyone's. <laughs> except for my own. <laughs> I'm wearing a black Adidas sweatshirt. Um, that I fell asleep in. I I fell asleep in like the clothes I wear that day a lot. I do I do that too, but I do it on purpose. That way I have more time in the morning. I just can't sleep in hoodies because I have this irrational fear of them choking me to death while I'm sleeping. Yeah, there's honestly there's gonna there's got to be something to unpack there. <laughs> um, um, so we're talking about the movie Encanto today. Um, like a brief synopsis of the movie. It's basically about this Colombian family that has um, this miracle, this candle that gives the whole family gifts, um, essentially like small superpowers. Uh, this one girl can make flowers appear out of nowhere. Uh, one of the kids can um, shapeshift. Someone else can like heal people with food. So they just have like superpowers essentially. But <laughs> in the movie, there's this, one of the grandkids, her name's Mirabelle, she's the main character, was born without a gift somehow. And it basically follows her um, and the realization that the miracle is dying and everyone's like losing their gifts. So she's like trying to fix that. There's like a beautiful message of like healing from trauma and everything and fixing like a broken home. The broken home metaphor is like very obvious. We'll get to that more mm-hmm. later. Uh, but yeah. That's essentially what the movie was about. What did you think of it? I really liked it. It felt pretty fast-paced to me. Um, I definitely love Lin-Manuel Miranda. So I was absolutely (laughs) blown away by all the musical numbers. And every time I hear We Don't Talk About Bruno, like I I cannot help myself but sing it. Like I, I just, it's a problem. Sure, we don't talk about Bruno being like an actual Broadway musical. 
I know. I see that that number. Yeah. But aside Um, from the musical numbers, I was really impressed by how it didn't focus too heavily on one character. You know, you kind of got a broad spectrum of the family. I would have liked to see more about the older family members because, you know, Luis and Isabella got their songs, but didn't see too much from the other family members except for smaller moments. But I guess if it's a Pixar movie and you have so many members, it's hard. Yeah. I feel like part of that is because Isa and Luisa are Mirabelle's sisters, like her direct siblings. So mm-hmm. she'd have like a slightly closer relationship with them too. To like that would make sense. I guess. But like I do wish that um we got to see like some of the other family members more, like Camilo and Antonio and everyone. I would have loved to see more Camilo. He was my favorite character. <laughs> uh I really yeah, like the movie. Free. <laughs> okay, where did this kid get like the idea of a seven foot frame from? Because like in the end of the movie, when Bruno is next to his two sisters, he's shorter than both of them. Like, if you've noticed, I don't know. the The thing with that was when they were singing, I was like, "How is Camilo aware of what Bruno looks like, and he's younger than Mirabel." He's like and she no, has he's no a few idea. months older. He's like a few oh, he really than her. Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, the age okay, order just goes. The age order goes. The um, yeah, it goes Isa and then Dolores and then Luisa and then Camilo and then um, Mirabel and then Antonio because Mirabel Antonio's is the first gift ceremony after Mirabel's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess he just gives off the mischievous younger brother vibe. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why. Still got three older cousins, like two older yeah. cousins, and an older <laughs> sister, and everyone. Uh, I really liked the movie. Um, I thought it was like a wonderful display of like Colombian culture and everything. Mm-hmm. I cried five times watching it, <laughs> like five different times. Just like it messed me up, dude. Uh, it's no, it it really, it's just. It touches you so beautifully like, unpack everything. Okay, so now let's talk about like the actual focus of the episode being like the generational trauma and how it mm-hmm. led to like all of these family dynamics. To define generational trauma, it's basically where a traumatic event happens to a family member, um, generally in like the older generation. And so that trauma affects all of the subsequent generations. And the um, children of that member needs also has the burden of the traumatic event. It generally leads to like dysfunctional family dynamics in some way um, and everything. Uh, you notice uh, in this story, it happens because Abuela, um, the matriarch of the family, went through the Colombian Civil War and she lost her husband in that. So with that, she had like all of these high expectations and everything um, so that nothing bad happens to the family ever again. Um, Right. Dysfunctional family dynamics are basically like roles that each family member has. Like you have the narcissist, the scapegoat, the golden child and everyone um, to like name a few. And each person like fulfills these different roles. Um, The narcissist tends to be like, generally it's like either the narcissist or the um, addict, like, dysfunctional families come in all different ways 
the narcissist tends to be like the catalyst for all of the events that happen in the family. Um, and in Canto, it's Abuela. She, like I said before, went through the Colombian Civil War. Because of that, she lost her husband, Pedro. And that's also how the family got their miracle. And so she was very young when this happened, like only 25 years old. And she had like three young children, like babies, infants to take care of and everything. So obviously she never want what happened to happen again. The events of the war led to her never wanting the miracle to leave because the miracle meant protection. If the protection wasn't there, then that means bad things will happen again. Right. Also, her being the matriarch of the household means like everything's in her power and in her mind. She can do it all wrong. Um, You see that like her constantly shifting the blame to other people. Generally, Mirabel and Bruno, especially Mirabel, you see her constantly gaslighting her of like, when what Luisa, did you do <laughs> yeah exactly like when Melissa lost her powers it's like immediately Mirabel's fault when Mira is just like trying to help the family she's just like you know what just like step aside let everyone else do it and like very obviously yeah. not proud of her her love is very conditional in that sense um and like not very treating dependent her. on one thing yeah, and like not treating the kids and grandkids equally by any means. She also tends to get people to believe everything's either Mira or Bruno's fault. With like, we don't talk about Bruno and everything. I've got a feeling that the way she treated Bruno also led to the way that like the rest of the family and the rest of the town treated Bruno. Like it was her orders to not talk about him anymore, if that makes sense. Because right. like when the others come back, his sisters like welcome him immediately and everything Mm -hmm. but yeah she's also the person that holds the family together and like holds the house down everything's in her power everyone follows her orders and everything honestly she like orders the town too they're like many celebrities (laughs) i kind of see what you were saying too with the idea of whatever she says goes and everyone else follows with how at the beginning of the movie when isabella runs into Mirabelle, she's like, maybe if you stayed out of the way more, things would go more smoothly. So exactly. I, I always saw Isabella as a mini version of Abuela. And I was wondering if well, the she's dynamic... like groomed to be yeah, a mini version. Right. Of her, like, right. Abuela was setting her up to be the next matriarch in a sense. If, if the movie had continued with the same dysfunctional dynamics, would Isabella have turned into the next Abuela? That, that was my thing throughout the movie probably and that probably and at least until abuela's gone <laughs> <laughs> not insinuating murder or anything because <laughs> uh, Issa is definitely not happy in her situation and we'll talk more about this in a minute but that's really interesting to think about because mm-hmm. like she was raised to be that way like to do whatever the family needed yeah. Um, but it's so, definitely a bit of a control freak in that sense. A bit? <laughs> <laughs> a lot. A lot of it is, is very much a control freak. Uh, it's a kind uh, of like anxious, anxious attachment. Yeah. Yeah. She's like definitely nervous about everything like falling apart. Because in the end, we even see her like being terrified that the miracle is dying and everything. Like she's aware that it's not lasting, but she's in denial that it's about her actions. Oh yeah, definitely. 
uh, again, she can know she can do no wrong. <laughs> the next character we're talking about is Mirabel. She like embodies the scapegoat. <laughs> On the outline, I put in caps that she's never, she's never good enough for Abuela. Anytime she does anything wrong, it's like, or like anything bad happens, it's Mirabel's fault. The example from earlier of like Luisa losing her powers or and like their big fight at the end, her blaming Mirabel with everything that happened. She, Mira was also like raised on the idea that you're only as good as like what you give and her not having the gift led to Abuela believing she wasn't worth as much. You know what broke my heart? At Antonio's gift ceremony when Abuela says a gift just as special as you. And she like said those exact same words to Mirabel and <laughs> earlier. <laughs> and like it insinuates that Mirabel's not special. She like saves the whole family. She is special, but just not being treated as an equal in her own household. And all she's wanting to do is help, but not being able to. Yeah. You know what's ironic what? is that uh, although Abuela, like I guess you could say her gift is having the gifts in the first place. She technically yeah. doesn't have anything special no, that she does. She doesn't. She doesn't. She just messes everyone around. Like unless her power is being a control freak and nitpicky. <laughs> It's uh, kind of kind like of hypocritical if you ask children. me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But like again, Abuela's like living off of fear of right. like what happened earlier. I was also um, kind of surprised at the beginning of the movie how when they have the intro was like I'm part of the family, Madriga, like that sequence. Yeah, I was expecting her to be much more downtrodden and depressed about her role in the family. Like I wasn't expecting yeah. a character that was at least trying to make it seem like, like fulfill her role as part of the family. And then that one kid's just like, maybe your gift is being in denial. <laughs> <In deny. laughs> She's like very proud about being from that family and everything. It's just, mm -hmm. it hurts whenever people point out that she's not like the others. But I also like, it seemed that Abuela tended to be like the only person. Abuela and like maybe Isa, for the most part, tended to be the only people that like would point out regularly. Because yeah, her relationship with Luisa seems like pretty all right for the most part and everything. And like, she's got a wonderful relationship with Antonio and like um, a lot of her other cousins. And like, we also know Notice that the film takes place whenever two very important events are happening. One being um, Antonio's gift ceremony, the other being like Isab being proposed to. So that probably adds to like the stakes of everything and like everything needing to be perfect, which would be why everyone has been like extra mean to each other when that happens. Does that ever happen to your family where like whenever something important is happening, everyone's just like way more yeah. stressed? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I do that just individually on my own. Like, if I'm stressed about something in school, then I'm like a firecracker and I go off so easily, even Dang. if I normally wouldn't. So everything's her problem because she doesn't have a gift. Whereas, like, Bruno, he's a different type of scapegoat in a black sheep. His gift, people didn't, like, see the use in. And Abuela didn't see the use in. Um, because his gift is seeing the future. With that, everyone, like, assumes the worst always. And so, everyone's told to not like Bruno. Like, they sing a whole song about we not talking talk about... No, 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 no. no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't stop it. Too good. Also, like, the way everyone treats him and, like, the way Abuela treated him uh, and, like, the rest of the town did, too. It, like, led him to believe he's only the bearer of bad news and he's, like, a burden to, like, be around, right? Mm -hmm. 
it's part of the reason why he left. Another reason he left was like to protect Mirabel. And so that like what happened to him wouldn't happen to her exactly, at least like not to the same extent. Another scene that like really breaks my heart in the movie is like when he's sitting there um, and Mirabel sees like where he's been living and she sees his plate next to the dining table with the family. And he says, <laughs> like, he says that he still loves his family and everything. It's just like he wasn't loved enough. He wasn't treated as an equal. No one took the time to understand him in any way. Right. And then uh, and then the thing was with all the blame, even for things that weren't necessarily related to his power being put on him. Like in we don't talk about Bruno when Peppa's talking about how at her wedding the hurricane happened. He can predict a hurricane. He can't cause one though. Yeah. And also that was, in, that was, was entirely just, a self-fulfilling prophecy from Peppa. He was just joking though. Yeah. It's just like, like no one saw him as a person. Yeah. But also also like one of the first few things Bruno says to Mirabel is like my real gift was acting because like he's alone and he so he goes kind of crazy and like becomes different characters. All of the older generation, like so the three siblings and then the older cousins. So Isa, Luisa, um, Dolores, and Camilo are all like constantly being who everyone else wants them to be. Do you realize that of like having to live up to the expectation of who they need to be rather than being who they really are? Right. It's like the older, it's always the burden on older children and family. They're the ones that yeah tend to be the most looked up to and have the most pressure from their parents. Speaking of pressure, let's move on to Luisa. <laughs> That was a wonderful segue. That was so good. Oh my god. Um, so Luisa is like what they'd classify as the hero. She like has to be the strong one, um, and is also like expected to um be emotionally strong, not just physically strong, and like never break under the surface or anything. Um also like her power seems to be of like most use and exploited by the community the most because they're always asking her to do everything. Yeah, I mean, you can see in the segment in the movie where everyone's like, Louisa, can you move to church? Least Louisa, the donkey's got out again. Louisa, Louisa casually ran out of river. Yeah, and like, she doesn't even think about it. She doesn't. She just does it because like it's what's know, expected of her, right? Like a young age. It's just an yeah. automated process. And so, like, that leads to her not being able to cry and not knowing how to ask for help and, like, just not being allowed to do any of that. And everyone's, like, constantly asking her to fix everything, leading to a lot of pressure and inevitable burnout, which I feel like a lot of people can relate to. In the song Pressure, uh, one of the, like, first lines is, like, talking about how she's as strong as the crust of the earth, which I thought was a really interesting detail because... The Earth's crust is the thinnest layer. It like may seem very strong, but it's just the thinnest layer of the Earth. It's not. I I really like the. I'm trying to think of what the correct literary device is. Analogy illusion. No, no, no. Oh, it's the illusion, illusion to uh, was Hercules ever like yo? I don't want to fight, sir. But that part was so genius. Yeah. The songs in this movie are amazing. I really like them. Oh, right. She's, kind of, she's forced to put up against these demons or these challenges that she doesn't want to face. Even and like she having to do it Exactly. Um, you see yeah. the difference in the size, especially like between the animated Cerberus, which has three heads. So it's like representative of multiple problems, not just 
one thing at a time. Yeah. But like Luisa as a character also like has serious anxiety, which like never reaching out for help and like always having a ton of pressure on you can lead to. Also on TikTok, like a few months back, um, pressure like was a very popular sound amongst like older children of um, immigrant parents, yeah. which makes sense. But you, you also need to remember that Luisa's the middle child too. So like Luisa's the middle child too. So it doesn't just happen to older kids. It can also happen to like other siblings in the birth order. Right. And I think that's an important point to touch on because everyone does talk about, you know, older kids having the most pressure on them but then there's middle child syndrome but this is like an untouched kind of middle child syndrome yeah louisa short synopsis had to be the strong one leads to her burning out and everything and like just breaking down a lot and her having the most pressure on her also probably led to her losing her powers first too Mm, that's a good thing to consider next we have isabella she is representing the golden child in the dysfunctional family dynamics. And so with Isa, you see like the pressure of having like toxic perfectionism and like her needing to marry like some dude that she doesn't even like and any imperfection she has being plucked away. Like there's that one scene when the family's at breakfast and she's got like one white flower amongst like purple mm-hmm. flowers so that gets like plucked away immediately by a blowout. The golden child is generally used to show others how perfect the family is, even though it like might not be. That's where you have the big grand displays in the middle of the town of her creating all those flower arrangements and everything that yeah. go up the buildings and everything it's like look at how perfect and graceful we can be and so like with all of these things she's like again like all of the older cousins and the older generation is in this movie having to be perfect and like be who she's expected to be and not who she really wants to be which honestly is gonna lead her to an identity crisis have an identity crisis of having no idea who she is because her whole life she was she spent being what abuela expected her to be rather than being herself also uh, the movie doesn't like really touch on it as much but i may be speaking from slight personal experience but (laughs) being the golden isa was so mean to mirabel like that she was she was so part of the character that i even like and i understand that like that came with the resentment of mira being able to like be free while she's like forced to be perfect all the time Mm -hmm. but in reality at least i don't think the golden child is gonna be that mean at least like after they're aware of the trauma that's happening and maybe she was like it happening the whole time who knows Um, she was she i feel like she was just kind of walking almost robotically through the role that abuela put her so she didn't really consider it she seemed very plasticky if that made sense like Mm -hmm. yeah just there for show um but the movie doesn't really touch on it but the golden child can't once they're aware of like what's happening it can lead to either resentment or guilt like an immense amount of guilt and Issa, like, feeling more resentment towards Mirabel and, like, the other family members because they're free and she's, like, being forced to marry someone. Also, her wedding and, like, proposal and everything is being planned out when she's 22 years old. That's so sad. That's so, yeah. And, like, I've got an Indian family. I'm, like, a first-generation Indian-American child. And so, like, my parents had an arranged marriage. My grandparents, like, everyone in my most everyone in my family did um on the older generations like Mm -hmm. 
So I am aware that like some arranged marriages, especially in my grandparents' generation, happened at a young age. Like still, 22 is so young. And I, my sister's 21. I can't picture her being married the next year. And it's right. So it's just pre pre planning it. So nothing goes out of the way. Everything has to be perfect. Yeah. Isabella has to be perfect. The family has to be perfect. Yeah. And the whole thing is just for show. Also, the fact that like, Another interesting thing about her character is like she's capable of so, so much more in the world um, in terms of like all her powers and everything. But she's forced to suppress it, which I think can be an analogy for how and oftentimes in like mentally, like emotionally abusive situations and like narcissistic dynamics where the abuser will hold the person back in certain ways from like doing what they would like and like what they're capable of and like making them think that they're not capable of more essentially yeah they're saying like when it is that dynamics as if you know i'm the one who has let you have what you have now you're nothing without me so even if abuela isn't as explicit about it it's still you know without the family with yeah um and like i understand that your family is like very important i know everything listen to them mm-hmm. it's also a cultural thing um in non-western cultures it is often about like helping others and the group and everything right Which, and both of both of us would know about that how important family is and how <laughs> central of an idea it is but at the same time yeah. you lose but that individuality it needs to be done just in a healthy way it needs to be done in a healthy well-balanced way um, right like not the extreme individuality and selfishness of western culture but also yes not giving yourself away at any extreme like it is often in many eastern and like non-western cultures too next we have dolores who like you could think of her as like two different people as either like the gossip or the therapist of like her power being hearing everybody like the whole family's secrets and everything she does know everything she knew about bruno she knew about abuela she knew about the miracle dying all of it and had to keep it a secret just like these kids get their powers at five years old exactly like think about everything she had to hide from age five how emotionally burdensome that must have been and if you think about that in the real world you know you hear a lot about what's going on with the family like who's doing what and who disapproves of this or anything and like the whole time it's it's telling her to like i've got a feeling that like when she was younger she wouldn't have known what she could and couldn't say but like as she got older she was like told to not to like keep her mouth shut the whole time and everything and like that would be to a lot of stress and everything yeah which leads to her being which leads to her being super quiet and very chirping like a mouse another detail about like her being quiet is like the fact that her hearing like is so intense that she'd like need to be quiet so that it doesn't hurt her ears the miracle is only hurting them honestly (laughs) that's yeah that's even smaller good point about that how it comes with those benefits but also if you don't use the right way you don't take care of it and manage it do you think her telling everyone about bruno's vision was self like not necessarily well it had some air of selfishness but like what do you think the motive behind that was i want to say that it was possibly linked to her just as a child growing up hearing everything, like feeling the need to tell everyone because it's important information. I also think it was her looking out for the family in a sense. Yeah. It seems like something that Abuela 
had Abuela talk to her. It seems like something Abuela would have directed her to do. Yeah. Also, just like it could have been just the amount of stress that like comes with keeping a secret and mm-hmm. it like being too much at a certain point. Also, she had a crush on um <laughs> Isabella's fiance. <laughs> so honestly, it's probably also about breaking up the engagement. Um, which good for her. It's romantic. <laughs> good for her, honestly. Oh, I don't you said that I, I want to marry she- him. Yeah, I don't know if she did that on a selfish level, though. That's something I didn't consider. I feel like if she did, it would have been... There has to be a multitude of reasons for it, though. Yeah. There has because to be a multitude still, of reasons. Yeah. She still cares deeply I, about her family and maintaining their position and their reputation. So I don't think she would have gone out of her way to purposely disrupt Isabella's engagement. But I do think that there it was possibly on a deeper level that she was like, you know what? It, it won't hurt me if I if I live with someone. And then yeah. it's just like pure chaos afterwards. <laughs> clear skies, clear skies. We'll talk about her in a second. Because like her character is also very interesting, I think. Another thing that like really sucks for Dolores. I really wish we got to see more of her. Her character, like, is to me is fascinating for a multitude of reasons. But yeah, uh, that's the other thing I brought up about how you couldn't really touch too much on the other characters because there's limited time in the film. But I think that would have really expanded the true family dynamic. Yeah, uh, with Dolores, um, she was in love with someone that her older cousin was going to marry, like older cousin by a few months, which. Like comes with being um it shows like what comes with being the second oldest grandchild and like constantly being second best and everything um and also her potentially having like a large air of middle kid syndrome what do you think of like that claim i wouldn't say she necessarily has middle child syndrome if anything out of the family she seems the most withdrawn to me i know antonia was physically the most withdrawn but she just seems like emotionally not that she doesn't care just that she wouldn't have cared so much as everyone else i feel like she was almost content with her position aside from the whole mariano marriage thing maybe i don't know i didn't think she was content with that i just thought that like she just learned to tolerate it in a sense yeah i think she's not happy about it it, but she's just like it is is. i gotta wait it out yeah, it's she seems kind of passive in that sense. So yeah. I think that's probably why I interpreted it that way. Next, we will talk about your favorite character. <laughs> Camille, again, someone yeah. I wish we saw like way more of. Such um, a good character. He is 15 years old, a few months older than Mirabel. Um, and he really embodies the mascot. The mascot is like that person in the family that like won't stop. That's essentially the goofball and like won't stop to make you smile and everything is like constantly going to diffuse situations which like seems nice but also them not being able to take things seriously because it like makes them uncomfortable used to like problems when they're older and in relationships and everything he like fits this because of like the line in the opening song it's saying he won't stop until he makes you smile um showing that he is like a goofball and like very much lightens the mood and everything um, he's also, if you notice in the movie, he's hardly ever presenting as himself. He can shapeshift um, and everything, but he's never really himself during the movie. He's like, he was Jose. Camila, we need another Jose. Jose. Yeah. He's, it's also a very adolescent thing, you know, trying yeah. to figure out who you are, but at the same time, having to be who other people want you to be. 
Yeah, especially in like the family he comes from of like being very serving of the community and everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's also the scene where he's helping Peppa after like the whole fiasco of the engagement <gasps> and pure chaos. Yeah, and that was so sweet. <laughs> and his name, Camilo, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that it means being a helper. And also his outfit has chameleons all over it, indicative of like his gift being shape-shifting and everything. And constantly being what you need which yeah um, i think that was also tied into his name just because they sound quite similar yeah um and so with him and like i said this before but with him and like all the older cousins all of mirabelle's older cousins and older siblings and um the triplets so like Mira's mom and like aunt and uncle, you see the family needing to live up to expectations of who they are rather than uh, or expectations of who they need to be and who Abuela wants them to be, who the town wants them to be, rather than being who they really are. And I know that just kind of hit home because like <laughs> not wanting to be a disappointment. Yes, obviously. Uh, <laughs> but just like trying to find the balance of what you need to be in everything. Uh, next we have Antonio, who is a five-year-old child. <laughs> Been through so much as a child. Um, important to emphasize his age. He is. Yeah, because, okay, so Antonio um, best, like, fit the description of, like, the lost child. Um, oftentimes, he's, like, very soft-spoken. He, like, only really whispers when he's speaking in the beginning and mostly is just talking to Mirabel powers like being able to talk to animals probably because he was never comfortable around people especially his family because like they don't talk about things they literally didn't talk about their uncle and pretended he didn't exist for his entire life (laughs) and so with that like he found comfort in like talking to animals and everything and like was most comfortable with his older cousin and at his ceremony he looked at Mirabel for comfort like not his parents not his siblings um or like really anyone else he looked at that was his such an family. interesting detail yeah that because Mirabel he, he he identifies with Mirabel to some level or he has the same kind of fear that Mira had they're also like the closest in age too he and Camille Mira mm-hmm. and Mira's age gap is like pretty close but he's right to Mirabel than he is to right so that could be something to do with it because I know with my family at a certain point, it's it kind of like gets grouped into like older cousins, younger cousins, younger cousins, aka Ria and Ria's little brother. <laughs> <laughs> this kid has a lot of pressure going up against like for him as a five year old child because I mentioned earlier he's got the first ceremony after Mirabel's and Mirabel didn't get a gift, so there's like a lot of pressure riding on this one of like fingers crossed things work out he gets one um he better get it's more like he better get one yeah and like he's seen how Mira gets treated and like can't that can't happen to me sort of deal like i don't want to be a disappointment to one more thing mirabel doesn't get a room (laughs) she has to stay in the nursery i know it's Like it's it's really Ooh. sad. Um, but like her staying in the nursery also like used her close relationship with Antonio. So right, yeah. They like literally right after the first song talk about how the town is looking forward to Antonio getting a gift because it's like the first one after Mirabel's, and so mm-hmm. like so wanting it. Yeah, to it's work. the added pressure of not even just letting down the family, 
it's just the like pressure of your whole community. Yeah. Him being the next person after Mirabel. Um, all of the like the journey she goes on and like the rest of the family go on during the film lead to him having a better childhood and like better adulthood and everything and like not having to deal with the brunt of like all of the generational trauma, at least like not right. to extent. He doesn't Which really have nice. to go through the same process. So next we're talking about Peppa um and Felix too. Also, I thought it was funny that, like, all of the adults are 50 years old. Like, yeah, I, they do not look like they're 50. So, Peppa and, um, is, like, generally seen as the emotional one or the basket case of the family. Um, she's constantly being told to hide her emotions and, like, always has to put up a front and, like, not even allowed to have a single cloud on top of her or anything. And, like, Bruno and Felix have been trying forever to allow her to feel her emotions and be like yo your emotions are fine you're chill you're like just like everyone it's okay else. to feel things but like everyone else Manny abuela tells her to like suppress them and like not have a cloud in her um not have a cloud in the sky or anything for peppa specifically i know it's kind of an odd take but i feel like there's some reason to it because knowing the snowballing that peppa's emotions go down you could yeah. have a whole hurricane or tornado happen. So, but I argue that, that like the snowballing threat. happens because she wasn't allowed because of Abuela. So, yeah, like, because of Abuela and like her not allowing me to feel anything at all. So all of the, like the emotional buildup happens all out of rather up. than like small doses. Also, can we talk about how good of a husband Felix is? It was on their wedding day. There was a hurricane and he's like, it, it was still a really happy day. We got married. I love Felix. What a joyous day, bud. And me thing. Also, kind of an because, optimist. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Which is like a nice balance to Peppa of like Peppa constantly being nervous and everything and Felix like being really happy and like looking on the bright side. Peppa also tends to be um like most emotional people in like the basket case of the family tends to be a reflection of like how the rest of the family's feeling. So during Antonio's ceremony, there's like rainbows and everything because like everyone's really happy that like their baby cousin is getting a gift um during <laughs> chaos lunch of <laughs> the engagement. There's like a whole snowstorm because like everyone's tired and everything's tense and everything. So you notice that like the rain clouds aren't really there afterwards too. So everyone everyone's bottling everything up, but Kep is the one that even if it's not necessarily in her control, like she's the one that displays of her yeah. Um, yeah, because no one else really can. Yeah. Next, we have Julieta and Augustin, my two favorite characters in the movie. Like, those two and Bruno are my, like, three favorite characters in the whole movie because they, like, always side with Mirabel and, like, everything and, like, they're siding with the kids. So, Julieta is the nurturer. Uh, we see this because of, like, her power literally being, like, healing people with food. Does does it this happen in Arab culture? I know it happens in like Indian culture a lot of like mm-hmm. parents feeding you their love, essentially. Yes, this is so prevalent in Arab culture, especially with um I wanna say like matriarchal women or yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, that you also if you're eating yeah. eat. Yeah. <laughs> no you know, when you're already full. Yeah, you, you're, yeah, being full is not a concept. If you've already had one plate, they're like, no, no, God, come on, you need another one. Go eat more. You're not, you're not actually full. But yeah. That's like, they so, put so much effort into making the food. 
that it's kind of expected that you take it as a reciprocation of the love. Yeah. And like, it, it's their way of showing love, honestly. Right. Which is nice. Food is amazing. I love food. Um, and I, would, I would gladly eat more food. Uh, but so it's like very common amongst like immigrants and like Im- households of like different cultures, non-Western cultures yeah. of like mm-hmm. everywhere. Like, but growing up, Julieta like was probably seen as the stable one and was like treated as the golden child because her gift is like the most useful in a sense or like would have been treated as the most useful um Febas are like very much tied to her emotions and like hard to control and Bruno's were always misunderstood hers is like literally I cook I heal I cook I heal sort of deal which is also how she met her husband because like he was prone to getting hurt so like he'd visit her very often and they fell in love oh yeah that's so cute the details of this movie are amazing right so she was like probably treated as the favorite child growing up because of like the simplicity of her gifts and everything but not to the extent that isabella was which i'm very interested in that how she didn't have the same kind of scenario going on between her and abuela why do you think that was abuela's getting old like just (laughs) more than 75 in the movie like um, She's going but, senile. That's your explanation. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like part of the reason with Isabella is like she's looking for the next matriarch to take over, right? Mm-hmm. Like next person to carry on the family tradition and everything, and like be the leader of the household and all that. So there, that Isabella was like there with Julieta. Yeah, because like they were still young children, and also Julieta is like her actual child, and like I understand. A grandparents love is and everything but like they are like she's her grandmother rather than she's her granddaughter rather than her daughter so just like that type of love is it is still very strong but it's slightly different it's not as direct if that makes right. sense at least that's my opinion yeah. on it that makes sense uh, well, yeah, i love her so much she supports her daughter um and is like generally trying to keep the peace in the family which is like why she doesn't confront abuela as much Augustine is actually the one that like ends up sticking up for Mirabel more but like they support their daughter and don't treat her any differently than they do her siblings. especially especially Augustine yeah more um, so than Julieta who's like um almost as a mediator a peacekeeper so yeah, definitely even though even though she sticks up for her child it's still she kind like, of like she's in the middle sure she's okay afterwards yeah, after the thing has happened, rather than being like, yo, yo, don't talk to my daughter like that. Um, <laughs> you also notice with, like, the adults is that Felix and Augustine married into the family. So they don't feel they weren't subjected to as much of the trauma as, like, the rest of the family were. They're, like, mainly observers and they stick up for their family members when need be. They're not, like, as affected by everything else. And they're not treated as if they're less than by abuela because they weren't expected to be born with a gift they right yeah it's i i'm i'm always curious about how you know they find their way in and what kind of expectations abuela set for them because seeing as how you know accident prone augustine is he seems quite imperfect and i'm very interested in how abuela yeah yeah i guess i can understand felix more i think the way she was thinking about it possibly could have been quite almost like a formula you know how would this balance out the gift i think she focused more on the gift potentially rather than the person or alternative theory 
she was also less senile. And she actually focused more. <laughs> she on just didn't care about like, as much back then. I love the idea of Buffalo becoming more senile. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, like this is another detail about Julieta's character that I just thought about. The kids all get their powers at age five, right? Yes. She would have been expected to like cook and heal everyone and like take care of everyone at the age of five, as and, like as a young year old, as a young child, and like not being allowed to have a childhood at that point, which I know happens. There's like a common symptom of like firstborn immigrant children, oh, right? They're not allowed to be children. Yeah, you are a mini adult that needs to like help take care of the house, help take care of the younger siblings, and everything. And again, like everyone pretending to be someone they're not. But Julieta seemed to be like the most herself in a sense out of like yeah, all of the characters. I would say she's pretty genuine. Yeah. Like all of the other characters are like constantly needing to be other people. Um, or at least all of Willa's other children. Um, they Because they were more unstable. Like you said, she's the stable. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So she has the most consistency. She's stable and she wasn't like expected to have complete perfection. Yeah. Like, set up to be the next matriarch, honestly. Yeah, I don't, I don't really see... She doesn't just... She doesn't fit that archetype, I'd say. Yeah, but, like, still very much nurturing and, like, giving herself away to everyone else, too. So. Yeah, like, typ- typical mom. Typical mom. Yeah. I just love... Okay, I love how Bruno literally left to protect Mirabel. That was so... That very, was a very selfless act, and it, it, it's, it just demonstrates how much he actually loved his family. Yeah. Like he said it, that he definitely, he still loved his family. He did it for the sake of not having the cycle repeat itself. Yeah, um, and like the very obvious broken home metaphor of like the house cracking and falling apart and everything, um, and like them needing to rebuild it with like in the foundation and, and the end that's stronger and that um the characters aren't like forced to be who they are expected to be and they're allowed to be who they are the movie teaches you a lot we covered a lot in like the time that we've been recording so one of the main things it teaches you is like about breaking the cycle of abuse um of like in the end of the movie abuela recognizes that like what she did was wrong and they like move to forgive her and like are empathetic towards what happened but also are like aware that it wasn't okay yeah that's a, that's the important thing because when you translate it to the real world most of the narcissists you meet are not going to acknowledge what they've done and they're still yeah. going to think that they're not in the wrong so and like in situations definitely like a more toned down version yeah well like it's a disney movie like yeah. in situations <laughs> in real life where the person isn't willing to change, it's important to remember that forgiving the per- like you don't need to forgive the person that wronged you, yes. especially if it's to like an extreme degree. You can just walk away. I would say more that it's about forgive, but don't forget because forgiving is more about your own personal connection to that experience and that dysfunctional relationship. But as it's part of the healing process to know. I'd say forgive. And sometimes you need to forgive yourself because oftentimes people, yeah, if you think about it in this situation, like in the parameters of the story, Mirabel, Luisa, Isabella, like all of these characters had these extreme expectations and blame themselves. Like Luisa thought she was a failure for a long time. And like in the end, she's like, yeah, I cry, but it's okay. And I'll ask for help when I need to sort of deal. Um, And so like 
recognizing those patterns and learning it um it also teaches you how to forgive people like you mentioned earlier um i also think that we covered this a lot while talking it teaches you that it's all right to be yourself yeah it's all right to be yourself and like not have to, to be an individual expectation yeah you can opinion. you can still be part of a family or part of a large dynamic while still maintaining who you are as a person yeah and not having to like throw yourself away to be an expectation of like exactly you need to be or what you think they need you to be or to live up to other people's standards it's okay to explore other things and not be defined by what's been given to you what did you think about like how quickly they forgave Abuela though that was something I was kind of iffy about when I was the first time I watched the movie I didn't think much of it and then I started like going on TikTok for the reviews and hearing about other people's and I was like you know what I, I started considering it it was kind of quick, but yeah. I forgive personally. I forgive really quickly, so that might have just been me not looking at it that way. But I think, in, yeah, I think in general, because they come from such a closely knit culture, that it was pretty realistic. Yeah, and also it's her grandma at the end of the day, right? Yeah, she's still um, Abuela. I Abuela, like I was saying before, Abuela, I would say, isn't to the degree of most narcissists where. They're unable to acknowledge what they've done wrong. Abuela, at the heart of it, she still had the right intention. She just went she about it in a horrible way. Family. Yeah, it's right. just executed. That's the, whole, that's the core of it. It's yeah. just the execution was terrible. I'd say that's a good place to end off the episode. Thank you all for listening to this episode of The Hoodie Club. And thank you, Jenna, for joining us. Thank you so much for having me here. It was fun being not Parker. Uh, next time we are going to have Parker back and he and I will be analyzing an album called OK Orchestra by AJR. So to see that or to watch other episodes of this series, go to FHMToday.com. Until next time, I'm Rhea. I'm Jenna. And thanks for watching.